Okay, thank you for joining today's event. And uh, today my topic is gamification for XR. Okay, so uh, for this event, um, I'm going, uh, yeah, actually I'm going to launch, actually it's already launched, uh, a course called Gamification Intro 101. It's on Teachable. And uh, feel free to join our Teachable course. Uh, the URL is uh, 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 xreality.teachable.com um, p slash p slash gamification and promotional code we got a promo code which is xreality academy 2021 if you get the promo code you can get 50% uh, around 50% discount which the whole course is $99 so if you got 50% off it's kind of like half half of the price so and the uh, expire date is um, at the end of this month. So yeah, so just feel free to check it out. And this is me. I've been working on UX UI projects as a founder of Hummingbird State for around 11 years. And uh, yeah, those are kind of like my experience and most challenging project for me was uh, OPIC 360. Pretty much I got half a million dollar budget to create, help a Chinese startup to create a USA brand. A start from website at branding and marketing. Uh, within half a year, pretty much I helped, um, you know, something from zero, like a, a startup from zero to one. Yeah, and I got some fun project, which was called Breaker. Breaker, yeah, I was also the senior UX UI designer for uh, the project. Uh, and uh, my largest fundraising project was um, um, a, a campaign called Micro Drone 3.0. And I helped uh, kind of like uh, create some ads for it. Uh, the campaign ended up to crowdfund $3.5 million. Yeah, yeah, with all the all the team members help. So yeah, so that's about me. Okay, let's go back to our topic. What is gamification? Okay, gamification is the application of game design elements uh, and game principles in non-game contests. Okay, so what does it mean? It means that something is which is not game, but you put some game mechanics and make it Again, okay. For example, like um, um, on top, you see like uh, later on we are going to talk about this AR app, uh, which is from Burger King. So as an ad marketing campaign is not a game, right? But if if you put some game mechanics, for example, like points, leaderboards, some other game mechanics in into something which is not game and make it fun and that's called gamification. So it's like something which is not game and you put something fun on it and it becomes a little fun, a little challenge, then it becomes game. Okay, uh, so that's called gamification. And under it, it's another simulation for, uh, for Medi uh, Medicare or like so for doctor training. Um, so. For that part, training a doctor is not a game, right? It's an education, right? A training, it's not a game. But if you put something, for example, like avatar, 
like oh some analytics some points some progress bar some contest some exploration some discovery right put all those stuff you you usually play inside the game you put a little bit contest inside this scenario it becomes a little fun right simulation right those stuff becomes fun and then this called gamification okay for example like chess um, let's talk about the game of chess as an example. For example, like um, like long time ago, you know, if you want to train someone, train you know the leaders, military leaders to uh, get to win a war, right? You how can you train it? Because every time when there's a war, means someone needs to die, right? And it means that. It's in danger. You need you, you put all your people in danger just in order to train somebody, right? So, um, long time ago, people start inventing a way to simulation war to do the war simulation, right? For example, like um, the military has uh, used chess. Like long time ago, it's probably not called chess. It's called something else, but. The, the concept is similar to chess, like putting, you know, some stones, you know, on the table or on the floor and start, you know, simulate like, oh, what if there's are some, you know, our enemy is coming here and we need to do something else in order to, you know, stop them or kill them. Right. So we use like some small symbols to represent our enemy and or our our, you know, our general, you know, our knight, our queen, our king, you know, our castle, right? We have a lot of like small symbols, piece of symbols and put on the floor to simulation war. So it becomes fun. And later on, it becomes like, you know, cultural, you know, worthwhile thing like chess, right? So at the beginning, uh, the purpose is to simulation like do the war simulation for uh, people to start or like for the uh, generals to learn how to, you know, uh, protect their people, right? How to fight their enemy. So you see war or military itself, it's not a game. But if you put, for example, like, oh, you know, competition, right? You put like a multiplayer, right? put all the stuff like our avatars, right? Inside, like in the war, like simulation war, right? It becomes a fun game, right? For example, like chess, you can see it's a two player war simulation game. So when we played chess, we didn't even realize that we are playing a war simulation game, right? We just think, oh, this is fun. You know, we are fighting and I eat this, I eat that and I won, I win, right? But uh, the concept is they use gamification to do the war simulation. So um, it will make this kind of fun, engaging, and then for people to love to learn more about this war simulation game. Okay, so gamification simplify the rules and shorten the process of a serious experience like a war. Okay, so what does this mean? So you see like, starting a war right in order to train your general is not worth it because 
someone might die, right? Your general might die because he is lacking of experience. He's not ready, right? And then also, um, you see, like in the war, there are so many roles. For example, there's day and night, right? What if, you know, like uh, during the night, probably you need to stop uh, the war and you need to rest, right? A lot of stuff, for example, if you got injured, you probably need to, you know, um, get some, some, some doctor and help you and you need to rest, right? But in a game, they eliminate all the reality roles, right? Yeah, so uh, for example, like lunchtime, right? You don't even like in, in, in your piece inside chess, like the king, the queen, it's just symbolized, right? They don't need to go to the toilet. They don't need to eat, right? They just stay there and ready to, to work and follow a super simple role. You see like chess role is really simple, right? Compared to actual role, it's much simpler, right? And shorten the process of time. You see like a war war first and second. It took years to finish a war, but a chess, probably a few hours, right? Uh, it can be finished. So gamification can definitely help the uh, educational part or training part, make the process fun, simple, without a lot of dangerous environment get involved. So yeah, so gamification can definitely help uh, a lot of uh, different, uh, you know, digital product or um, help users to get more engagement. Okay, so let's talk about gamification in XR. So, uh, for example, like um, um, people, if you think of AR, VR, right? You think that, oh, it's pretty normal to have a lot of fun in AR, VR contact. Why? Because you see, it, it's more immersive, right? And uh, the UX, UI will be largely um, you know, uh, replaced by uh, nar narratives, right? For example, you see something jumps up and then, uh, and then comes up everywhere uh, in the reality. So it becomes more narrative rather or storytelling rather than, you know, like right now, our UX UI is more like, you know, the, the app, right? You, you go to sign up and you, you see a bunch of words and you, you have windows, pointers, cursors, uh, buttons. Yeah, all those stuff that construct, right? Construct uh, the current UX UI. It's functional, but it's not really talking to you because it's, you know, a piece of, you know, code information. But if you see AR VR, it's usually made of 3D, right? 3D model and which, you know, when you see an avatar, when you see it talks, when there's a sound, there's a story, right? You start thinking, you start kind of correlate to yourself. So usually people think that uh, gamified experience are usually reside or coexist in any effective XR contact. So that's why. So XR has deep roots in game development as well. Look at how if you want to do like AR VR um, development or apps, usually you need to use Unity and Unreal. Those are kind of the, the professional 
uh, product, right? So those pretty much, if you um, if you are a developer, game developer, you know those two are kind of the biggest game development software. So you see, starting from this point, those software already uh, developed for games. And XR is you need to, if you want to develop a decent XR uh, product. Unity and Unreal is two biggest software. So you see people who already work in game development can develop XR. So you see that bring up the game knowledge into XR as well. And immersive experience, what's immersive experience? For example, in the past, if we want to order stuff, right? Or right now, some of us will you know, um, go to download an app and start, uh, you know, like click through all the pages and all the stuff, right? It's code, it's text-based, right? Uh, it's uh, screen-based. So you don't feel emotion. You don't feel like, oh, this person is a girl or you don't feel a uh, connection. But if there is a avatar shows up, right? Or if there's a voice shows up, for example, right now we can order anything. For example, we can just say Alexa, uh, order me a Burger King or something like I, I want a, a hamburger or something. And Alexa will help you to do everything, right? Order stuff for you. So you can feel like right now um, the, uh, in XR, the experience is more immersive. You feel like you are talking to somebody. You don't feel like you are interacting with the machine, right? So this will edit up uh, XR to be more fun, right? And also uh, gamification can definitely get a better engagement. Uh, and like, um, previously we talked about chess, like a war simulation. It also help training high-risk job as well. Okay, so let's take a look of like, uh, the examples for VR simulation. So VR, uh, gamification for VR, can you know create a synthetic training environment, right? Um, yeah, and it also saves the budget. For example, like if you want to build um, a, a training environment, you might need to hire a lot of people, right? You might need faculties, right? You might need a lot of actual uh, stuff. But in VR, all you need to do is to hire a bunch of 3D modeler and start creating you know, all those props. Right, so it definitely saves the budget because you only need to build uh, 3D props instead of building an actual environment. And it also shortens the time, right? So you can see the result immediately because sometimes if you do something wrong, right? You, it probably takes years for you to know, oh, I was doing wrong. For example, like doctor or nurse, if they put wrong needles in the patient's arms, Right. In the reality, it probably takes a few years to realize that, oh, God, like I messed up the medicine or something. But it might take like, you know, once you put the wrong needles on the patient's arm, you know, like um, there might be a warning on the screen that is saying like, oh, this is wrong or something. You get the feedback immediately. Right. And uh, you can definitely empathize people more. Right, you, you, because you are in that environment. So you feel more. It's not just, you know, a bunch of screens with like a flat text 
and bunch of icons, but it becomes something that reside in your actual place. So you can feel more, you understand more. And yeah, it's also an immersive experience and it can definitely increase engagement. And uh, as for VR simulation or AR, as long as you have computer, you have Wi-Fi, uh, you have headset or you have a phone, right? You can do it anytime, anywhere. Unlike, for example, if you want to train a bunch of doctors, yeah, you need to make sure they are living closer to that hospital, right? And you need to make sure, uh, for example, if someone uh, wants to do it at night, you probably say, no, you couldn't do it at night. You only can do it in the morning because the hospital is open or something, right? So um, you always need to schedule a time. You need to always closer to the location if you want to uh, get some training. But within AR sim uh, VR simulation, you can pretty much do it anywhere, anytime, as long as you got the headset, got the power on, Wi-Fi, you can do it anytime, right? And you can repeat as much as you can. Uh, for a real world uh, situation, you probably couldn't repeat. For example, like a doctor see a passion. If you kind of feel like, oh, I didn't do well in the, in the past, but if it is in reality, you couldn't repeat. If it is in VR simulation, you can always reset and do it again, right? So let's take a look of the first example. It's called the Stanford Ocean Acidification. So uh, their challenge is to visualize the ocean acidification. So what's ocean acidification? Uh, it is an ongoing decrease. Uh, like it, it means that because we got more and more CO2, right? In, you know, because of, uh, all, all, all the you know pollution, we got more and more um, carbon dioxide, right? And then those will go to the ocean. And when CO2 mixed in the ocean, it become, it makes the, the water become, you know, the PhD becomes less and less, which means it becomes sour, right? So it's not good for a lot of, you know, uh, the ecosystem undersea, for example, the coral or fish, everything will, you know, like, like go bad. So it will pretty much destroy the, the environment undersea. But people didn't know that because ocean is pretty much, we feel like it's far away from us. But because you see like right now, according to Bill Gates say that, you know, climate change, people will die of climate change more than COVID, right? When I heard all that, I feel that's pretty scary because uh, COVID, we have vaccine right now. It seems, it seems working right now. So it seems like we still can have the control of it, but climate change, it feels like it's not returnable, right? We couldn't really solve it. If the climate getting higher and higher, we couldn't really solve it. So how can we uh, make people more be more aware of climate change and reduce uh, our pollution to the world, right? So they use VR to help to create a synthetic environment and help the user or people 
to you know to be more aware of the as uh, ocean extrication. So, yeah. So the game mechanics in this VR simulation game will be exploration, storytelling, immersive experience, embedded information, knowledge share, uh, movement, natural consequence. So let's take a look. Stanford University. Virtual reality, VR, gives you the impossible. So you can experience situations that aren't possible in the physical world. In terms of the environment, when you think about climate change, it's very abstract. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. It's far off in the future, uh, and people don't have direct experience. For the past 13 years, we've been putting subjects, experimental subjects, into virtual reality, showing them some future version of the environment, tying that environmental change to human behavior, in fact, their behavior, and allowing them to experience that cause and effect relationship in a way that's very visceral and very intense. We collaborated with uh, two teachers at a local high school uh, to take one of the uh, virtual experiences from the lab here and bring it into their marine biology class. In the virtual world, the, uh, the students found themselves on the floor of a Mediterranean reef. They're surrounded by rocks and coral and uh, sea urchins and sea snails and a whole variety of fish. We talk them through um, what ocean acidification is, how as human activity is putting more and more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, a big percentage of that carbon dioxide is absorbed by the surface waters of the ocean, which gets transformed into carbonic acid, which breaks down into other compounds, which just wreaks havoc on the ecosystem. And so they basically watch the world kind of evolve uh, over time. It basically ends with only a few species left on this reef, and then they, they're told to look down at their body one last time as they're the last coral standing on this reef, and, and uh, they literally watch their body collapse. Uh, so we're still parsing the results, but it looks like that the students who had the virtual reality experience, uh, they reported a greater level of concern for the impacts of human activity on the environment, um, a greater sense of ownership for the environment, um, and a greater sense of their ability to positively impact the environment. So the reason we're doing this research is to create a medium that can viscerally show people ocean acidification exists, it's real, and it does great harm to the animals below the sea. What our experiments have shown is that virtual reality as a medium is very effective at getting people to change not only what they say, but what they actually do. The idea of virtual visits to nature is controversial. Nothing should replace the real thing. However, we can't have 10 billion people on the planet and all of them going to visit the Great Barrier Reef. It's just not sustainable. So if we can replace some of those visits with virtual ones, these visits can be better for the consumer and they can, there can be less wear and tear on the environment. Okay, so yeah, so previous one, we know that, uh, yeah, um, the VR simulation uh, they, they made definitely helps um, the users to take more ownership of their environment and want to do more impactful behaviors for the environment. So, okay, so let's move on to the Oxford uh, medical simulation. So you can see that Oxford uh, medical simulation, um, this helps educators save time and money to deliver quality, flexible, measurable training that improves patient care, right? So 
um, for this um, program or for this software, it helps um, you know, like the, the doctors or nurse to do the optimal learning global and pretty much everyone can access globally uh, as long as you got the headset, you got the Wi-Fi, you got the device, got the, the computer, right? So this is definitely helps to save a lot of unnecessary trips or, you know, save the cost. And yeah, of course it is cost uh, effective. And it's also repeatable scenario. So if you didn't do the first right, you can keep practicing, right? So it's really good for doctors to do it in VR first, rather than they just go to the real doctor, uh, to, to the real hospital and start to do the practice, right? Because they might do something wrong uh, in real life. And the patient who, uh, who got you know the wrong treatment to well suffer right? So, uh, from these types of VR simulation training, um, the doctor or nurse they just get out of school and they can, they don't need to you know do a lot of wrong things to the real human. You know, they can pretty much practice in this safe environment, which they can keep practicing until they get familiar with that. They can, once they pass all the exam, the quiz, they can pretty much uh, go to the real world and pretty much uh, reduce uh, the mistake and error to the actual passion. So you can see like this is the, the headset and device. So all you need to do is to buy, you know, Oculus Quest, uh, Oculus, I think this is Rift, uh, Oculus, and then you can get, for example, you can see a lot of data and a lot of you know, progress, how you perform. If you don't like your perform, performance, then you can pretty much redo it again and make it better, right? So it pretty much developed the decision-making for both doctors and nurse. And it also helps um, the, um, the pre-doctors or nurse to have more critical thinking. And it is so simple to set up. And it's also like, you know, to um, help nurse and doctor to get there, you know, get more real world uh, experience in the virtual world. So they can uh, minimize the mistake and uh, they can get more training and learn more through this virtual world. Okay, so in this, um, in this uh, software, the game mechanics they use are avatar. You see, there are a lot of real human, kind of semi-real human. I know it looks a little creepy sometimes when I saw the face. I feel it's pretty like a zombie, zombie game. But I mean, um, I think uh, at the beginning, I, I wouldn't say right now VR is at the beginning, but um, because we haven't reached out to the world of 5G, right? We are still in the 4G, the majority of us. Um, so I would say there are there will be some latency. So that's why, you know, we couldn't put a lot of files on the cloud. Uh, if we have too many latencies, then our brand will get effect, will get motion sickness. So I understand that a lot of avatars, they kind of, trying to make it human, but couldn't make it too realistic, right? 
uh, and then you can see like instant feedback. Instant feedback is a really good way of learning. Imagine if you can get, if you do something wrong, you can get feedback immediately. Rather than, you know, after a few days, your teacher tell, told you it was wrong, right? This instant feedback will be much effect than, you know, postponed, like the feedback, uh, you know, postponed. And progress bar, progress bar is important because once you get in, you kind of know where you are, where you and where you are going, right? That is really important. And quiz, quiz helps you to verify and clarify your concept of a certain task. Score, you can see how well you do it, right? Rating, right? How, how you know, how it is, how things is, uh, good or bad and role playing you are you know playing a role of doctor right how you behavior like a doctor and narratives there's a mission and there's a quest and there's a narratives how can you solve the problem right okay let's take a look of their um, intro video meet mary Mary trains doctors and nurses using simulation. Mary loves her job, as she's seen how effective simulation is in training healthcare professionals. But it's not easy for Mary. There's never enough time, or enough money, or enough space. And expert faculty are hard to find. What if there was another way? With Oxford Medical Simulation's virtual reality platform, Learners can get the benefits of traditional simulation simply by putting on a headset and entering the virtual hospital, where they can see patients and apply their learning to practice, taking a history, examining, investigating, diagnosing, and treating just like in real life. They then get personal feedback on how they approach the scenario and details on how they are improving over time or whether they need extra help. The virtual simulation platform is also available for Mary's students to use at home remotely. Students simply download the software to their personal computer and access the same dynamic interactive scenarios on screen without the need for virtual reality equipment. Mary has saved her faculty and herself time and money because the system requires nothing more than a laptop and a VR headset that fits neatly into any space and complements existing methods to enable effective, blended learning. Learners can use the system without faculty supervision and repeat scenarios as many times as they need to in order to feel confident and competent when seeing patients in real life. Oxford Medical Simulation, transforming healthcare education to improve patient care. Yeah, so through this um, examples, we can see that uh, VR, uh, gamification for VR is definitely help improve the uh, training for doctor and nurse. Okay, so let's take a look of the um, soldier squad virtual trainer, right? So uh, pretty much, you know, like um, defense, uh, like for the military and war, it, it needs VR simulation and war simulation. Why? Because for example, are you going to send your uh, soldiers to the bloody war zone um, without any prior experience? 
No, right? So what should we do? How can we do to kind of help training our soldiers without hurting them or without putting them into a hazard environment? You know, because again, if your soldier, because of lacking of experience, if your soldier die in the virtual world, they can still, you know, you know, revive or, you know, they can still be alive in the actual world. So it won't really affect them, right? But they know how to change it according to their mistake. But if you send them just by, tr- because you want to train them, you send them to an actual war zone, they might die due to lack of experience. But you still want your soldiers to, you know, be in the actual world without getting hurt, right? Uh, you don't want them to, you know, study a bunch of books, you know, like, uh, or, you know, look at a bunch of websites and trying to be a really cool, like really hands-on, um, you know, soldiers. You want them to have kind of actual experience, but without really, you know, without putting them into the hazard environment. What can you do? You see, like, uh, so our military um, has been, uh, using this types of uh, VR software, VR kind of war simulation games to train our soldiers. So you see like um, Defense Secretary Mattis has said that our close combat fights should be fight 25 bloodiness battles before they ever face real combat. So this soldier squad uh, virtual train trainer is designed to make this a reality and using synthetic environment immersion uh, to replication, the replication of complex environments and tactical uh, physiological uh, conditioning. So it's kind of like using this types of VR simulation to simulate a complicated uh, environment war zone for uh, the soldiers to get more experience before sending them to the actual war. And then, yeah, in this training program, you can see like um, there are some um, gamification mechanics applied. There are avatar and you can get instant feedback. You can see progress, you can see points, you got missions and you have simulation and you got, you know, scores and you need to, you know, there are teams, right? You need to join the team, help your team members, and also, um, you know, spying. Okay, so let's take a look of the intro of this software. Combat readiness is our number one priority, and there is no other number one. We as leaders must never allow our nation's most precious asset, our sons and daughters, to go into harm's way unprepared lacking equipment, untrained, undermanned, or with less than competent leadership. That is a covenant with our soldiers and our nation that we must never break. The U.S. Army and the DOD are long overdue in addressing a significant capability and survivability shortcoming in its most fundamental formation, the infantry squad. These warfighters, the infantry, cavalry, special forces, engineers, medics, and forward observers make up only 4% of the total uniformed force, but they have suffered almost 90% of combat deaths over the last 70 years. 
While it's not surprising that those who are in close combat suffer a higher proportion of casualties, the United States must do everything within its power to ensure they face this danger with overwhelming lethality, mobility, and survivability. The United States requires a military that is dominant in close combat fighting. Only with that dominance can we prevail against near-peer threats in the increasingly lethal 21st century security environment. Key to this will be synthetic environment immersion and cutting-edge visualization technology. The Secretary of Defense has issued clear guidance. I want our close combat soldiers to fight 25 bloodless battles before they ever face real combat. The Soldier Squad Virtual Trainer, or SSVT, supports this objective by placing soldiers and Marines in high-fidelity simulated combat. As a part of the Synthetic Training Environment, or STE, the SSVT has three overarching advantages. First, it can replicate complex environments. Through the STE's One World Terrain Capability Suite, warfighters will have access to simulated battlefields in any place on the globe. From environmentally restricted locations to megacities with dense urban terrain. Second, the STE architecture gives commanders the ability to provide tough, realistic training at the point of need, from home stations to deployed locations. The third and most powerful advantage of the SSVT is that the soldiers and Marines using it can undergo the tactical and psychological conditioning of 25 bloodless battles before the real fight begins. The SSVT enables this through repetition, varied training conditions, and by recreating the stress of combat. Placing individual warfighters and squads in high-fidelity simulated combat will provide them training to hone their cognition. Decision-making skills will be enhanced by inserting them in conditions that challenge them to make ethical decisions, as well as those where they have limited or imperfect information or otherwise require creative solutions. Immersion in realistic virtual combat scenarios will heighten their judgment and intuition, allowing them to gain invaluable experience before the first real round is fired. A range of cutting-edge simulation features will augment the SSVT. Audiovisual, haptic, and biometric feedback will provide objective metrics for measuring leader and team performance. Analytics can then use the performance data to identify patterns and trends to improve training outcomes. The SSVT will also maximize the integration of organic weapons and equipment, allowing for forces to train and rehearse as they fight. Our next program that we're looking at, and we're already starting with industry and prototyping, is heads-up display 3.0. And that's the key, because that will be the end-user device that will allow us to train, rehearse, and fight with the same weapon systems, not two separate things. That saves money, and makes that training much more realistic. In addition to close combat squad training, the SSVT will support weapon skill development, use of force, and joint fires training, preparing warfighters for the full spectrum of dismounted operations. The Soldier Squad Virtual Trainer, supported by the synthetic training environment, can help train squads to thrive in uncertainty and chaos. It can prepare them to win against the adaptive enemies they will face in multi-domain operations. Ultimately, building the SSVT is an important step in addressing the capability and survivability shortcoming for our infantry squads, and in making their training a priority once again.
We owe them no less. Yeah, so pretty much we can see like uh, if we use XR in military, we can definitely help training our soldiers before uh, they go to actual war zone. Okay, so let's take a look of AR gamification. AR gamification usually because AR, everyone has a phone in their hands, right? So AR usually is doing more commerce for, uh, for selling, for uh, marketing campaign. So AR usually, usually it's not uh, absolute. Uh, I would say probably around 90%. If you see like AR, something AR, pretty much a lot of them are for uh, marketing. But uh, if you see some AR glass or MR glass, mixed reality glass um, in cooperation, usually it's for training their employees and make their employer, uh, employees instant uh, from uh, novel, novelty, right? From someone who didn't know anything. But once they wear AR glass, they can, it can kind of connect to the backend of the expert. So the expert to, can direct the employees directly, right? Uh, so the novels will become instant expert. So that's kind of for the, um, for the uh, I would say, the cooperation uh, usage. But usually right now for this phase, AR is more for fun, uh, sharing and make, you know, more like brain awareness and for learning or like a build a community, right? Because AR is usually when people have some interaction with your brain, they would like to know more and they would love, like it's easier for people to remember if they play your game, right? So um, today we are going talk about more AR gamification in a campaign or in the marketing way. Uh, less about the AR for the cooperation. Uh, the AR for the cooperation, you can see in the gamification 101 intro, that part uh, we mentioned a lot, but this, this time we will talk more about AR gamification for the campaign. Okay, so uh, this one, um, it's called a burn-led ad. Burger King just, um, I would say it's not just, but a few years ago, they launched an app, uh, a marketing app in Brazil, uh, which allows you know, the user to burn the rival's ads. Once they burn, they can you know, get one vouch or you know, get one, um, one free burgers, large burgers. So this is the 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 interesting way of using AR, and you see, like it's so creative. And when people uh, do it, they they remember the whole thing, right? And they remember how Burger King, how creative Burger King is. And once you burn your rivals' ads, you can get a burger. How fun it is! So yeah, so a lot of people and not only burn the rivals ads, but also replaced with Burger King's ads. So you see like Burger King use this type of um, marketing strategy, successfully make a lot of people download it and start playing around it. And then, you know, also advertising for, for Burger King. So this is a really smart way of doing uh, a marketing campaign. Not only make your users, kind of burn your rival's ads, but also replace with yours 
and then everyone was uh, feel fine and uh, make this campaign really memorable. Okay, so let's take a look of this campaign. Okay, so let's take a, a look of Snapchat. Snapchat is uh, launching, actually they was launching uh, a, a lens called local lenses a few years ago. And then for local lenses, it's like, uh, it's kind of like you, it's a, another virtual world, right? What Snapchat is creating, you know, augmented world. So you can go to, you know, for example, like London, or somewhere you can see a bunch of stores and you can start painting, you know, paint it, use virtual paint to paint uh, the virtual store and create, you know, unique style. And when people walk by and when they use the same lens, uh, they can also in, uh, kind of collaborate with you to paint the stores, right? And it's kind of like um, right now we have physical world by use, but if you use uh, a Snapchat lens, you can see another layer of the physical world, uh, the local landmark. You can see, like you know, you can even interact with it. So it's kind of like making making it fun and also make it memorable. And you also interact. You also co-create to uh, you know um, help creating another virtual world. So. This is a really fun campaign. Um, also, Snapchat, uh, recently I read uh, TechCrunch. On their recent news, they say that Snapchat has already integrated uh, voice command into their AR apps. For example, like, hey, Snapchat make my hair pink. If you do this command, Snapchat will help you to, you know, do this, make your hair pink. So. Um, Snapchat is pretty good at creatively uh, using their AR uh, technology to make um, the world even more creative and even fun. So let's take a look of this, uh, this, this lens. Hi, Key Pan here, computer vision engineer. My team at Snap works to help make our camera smarter so it can better understand the world around us. Last year, we introduced landmarkers, which enabled the Snapchat camera to understand individual buildings and allowed lenses to interact with some of the world's greatest landmarks. Now, we've continued to evolve the technology to understand and augment larger areas, unlocking exciting new capabilities. Using various sources of data, 360-degree images and community snaps, we're able to build up a digital representation of the physical world. 
a point cloud representing the geometry of the surfaces around us. Combining this with 3D reconstruction, machine learning, and distributed cloud compute, we're able to map whole city blocks. Meet local lenses. Now, Snapchatters can join a persistent shared AR world built right on top of the physical one. You and your friends can step into these worlds together, collaborating creatively and experiencing a whole new dimension of AR. As our team continues to build these new worlds, we hope you enjoy experiencing the power of them. Cool. So let's take a look of e-learning and gamification. So um, uh, gamification can definitely help um, um, e-learning and uh, learn stuff more. For example, like previously we saw um, VR simulation and also the um, CO2, you know, ocean extrification uh, and to more like a medical or learn more landmark, right? So those definitely uh, gamification and e-learning are kind of like hand in hand, right? So for e-learning, sometimes we feel a little bored, you know, uh, learning, right? But e-learning can definitely integrate with gamification with like, for example, like instant feedback, some avatar, some points, you know, some rewards, some gifts, those hand in hand together will increase the fun for, uh, you know, for learning. Okay, thank you so much for, um, for today, uh, for joining me today. And uh, uh, if you want to learn more, feel free to uh, uh, check my course. Uh, the course is on Teachable. And then um, before it was like $99 original price, but with the promotional code, which is Xreality Academy 2021, you, you, um, you can deduct probably 50%. So yeah, so once you buy it, it's kind of like a lifelong access. So yeah, so um, feel free to check it. And the website is xreality.teachable.com slash p slash gamification. Okay, so feel free to join us now. Okay, so yeah, so thank you. And uh, yeah, so this is my contact information and feel free to follow me. Okay, any other questions you wanna ask? Yeah, feel free to ask. Yeah, you can unmute yourself if you have any questions. I don't really have any questions, but I thought I'd say that was really fun and interesting. Like I mentioned before, I had no idea what gamification was or really much about XR or any of any of these. And it was really, really cool. Seeing a lot of the examples of how it's implemented is pretty fun and exciting thinking about how everything's going forward and it's becoming more and more popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and, and anything else? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think it's great that a lot of different industries could implement this, especially with uh, thinking back to the example of using virtual reality in order to improve on medical education is a great use case. And I can see that being used in a lot of other industries where, you know, you need to have a lot more it's it's a lot more demanding to have practical application 
and it, it, it could really be benefited from something that's virtual so then you know patients aren't at stake yeah yeah definitely and i really like um what what i like ar and vr is that they are get out of you know book format you know like or like something that is not that intuitive for example like you see like the 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 app we use right now because of it's 2d right so you still see like pages you know like it's not that storytelling it's more functional right but uh ar vr pretty much break the barrier between you know like aesthetic you know beautiful layout task pictures into more storytelling scenarios and make you feel like that's part of my life kind but even it is kind of sync synthetic or like some something which is not real but because uh there there's z space eddy so it's three-dimensional same same dimension as right now we have right so it can have a lot of stuff that make us feel more um you know for, for more real and also helps us to learn better by hands-on experience so i definitely think that ar vr can help us to do a lot of great stuff. Uh, and all the AR VR stuff you see pretty much reside in gamification. So yeah, so I was, before I was like, hey, why gamification is not part of UX UI design? Because we know that in the future we are going to integrate with more you know, empathetic design, but there's no, I, I would say not no, but UX UI right now is more telling you how to structure things nicely and effect and make people easy to find, which is great. But I wish right now we can go to the next level, which add more story and make people more empathize to others, be more aware of the environment and learn more and be more motivated of what we are learning. So yeah, so that's why I created this class. Yep, cool. Okay, so yeah, it's about the time and I, yeah, I really thank two of you guys still wake up. I don't know whether you are night or morning, but you know, still join. I know everyone right now is kind of Zoom fatigue. So yeah, thank you for your participation and hopefully see you guys next week. Mm, okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Thank you. Bye.